Thank you very much. Good morning, everyone. It's wonderful to be here in Grace Church today. Forgive my weird accent, born in Belfast, lived all over the place, so you end up with a weird accent like this uh, when you live that kind of nomadic existence. But it's wonderful to be here with you today, and great on a beautiful uh, day like this to see so many people here. I loved hearing those baptism stories. Weren't they amazing? I mean, just, it just does your heart good to hear about the grace of God in people's lives, and that is absolutely amazing. So I've been blessed already. Uh, I feel like a fraud being here today, actually, because I've been blessed just being with you already here. Um, so um, anyway, tonight, uh, I know it's a beautiful, hot, uh, sunny day, and a lot of you have got your trips planned over to, you know, Skegness and all that, um, or wherever you go. Uh, but if you happen to be staying in the area, uh, I'd, love to, I'd love you to come down and be with us tonight. I think the service is at 7 p.m., is that right? Um, and uh, we're going to really uh, go a little bit more into a ministry time uh, tonight, and we're going to pray for people and so on, because that gives us a lot more time than what the morning services uh, afford us. So if you happen to be around tonight, it'd be wonderful to have you with us. And what I'd really love as well is maybe if you could invite somebody along with you, maybe a, a neighbor, a friend, maybe take them for coffee afterwards or or beforehand, and uh, let's believe that God will do some really amazing things tonight. So I'd love to see you here. I'm going to be here anyway, so I'm going to, ha- I'm going to have fun no matter what, right? Um, now, I want to offer you a little bit of fresh perspective. I'm not going to talk about anything that you will not have heard before, certainly if you've been around church for a while, but I just want to offer you some fresh perspective on the subject of faith. And I want to talk to you about the kind of faith that pleases God. That's what I want to talk to you for half an hour or so about, the kind of faith that pleases God. Now, um, let me read to you from Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. Hebrews 11, of course, is a famous chapter all about faith. And this is one of the verses in that chapter, uh, highly insightful. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Because anybody who who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Now, that's highly insightful, very interesting. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. It's got to go further, though, than just believing that God exists. He's looking for us. He wants us to seek him. He wants us to embark on a journey. We often talk, and I'm sure you'll have heard this language before, but it's worth restating it, that we often talk about a journey of faith. Faith is a lot more, in a sense, about a journey than it is about a destination. And that's what faith is all about. And without faith, it's literally impossible to please God. So I want to talk, and I want to leave you with five observations on the kind of faith that pleases God. And what I want to do with this message is really pitch it at those who are seasoned Christians, you've been serving God for many years, say some things that you will have heard a billion times before, but maybe it will just spark something fresh in your heart. Maybe you're here today for the first time or as a, as a guest of someone who's been baptized. So open your heart and allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you. Here are five observations on the kinds of faith, the kind of faith that pleases God. Number one, you'll see them on the screen, is a faith that trusts God's love. That's the first thing. 
This is the kind of faith that pleases God, a faith that trusts God's love. Now, this almost sounds uh, an embarrassingly shallow point. Somebody will, will be saying, you know, I was looking for a bit more than that. But actually, as simple as that point is, it is profound. Because, you see, faith is not so much about believing in what God will do, though faith involves that, but faith is a lot more about believing what God has done. And that's faith. Here's the most well-known verse in the Bible. Again, you should see it on the screen. John 3, 16. Many people will know it, even if you're not a church-going person. I'm sure you'll have heard this verse before. Look at that. For God so loved the world. Greek word for love there, by the way, is the word agape. Um, uh, uh, every now and then I'll go to see a movie every now and then because there's not really many good movies on these anyway uh, and uh, so I'll say to my wife uh, it's my turn to choose and she'll say no it's my turn to choose so and she always chooses the you know the rom-com the lovey-dovey you know and I, I bring the sick bag with me and all that you know and and, uh, uh, and I always come out feeling really bewildered because Hollywood's idea of love is not exactly the Bible's idea of love uh, this love agape which is the Greek word for love in John three sixteen is selfless sacrificial love. It lo it's love that actually really costs something. So for God so loved the world. He gave his only son that whoever, look at that, you can see the verse, believes, believes. So here we go. There's a link between the idea of responding to God's love with an attitude of faith. This is, this is massively important for us to understand. There is nothing that we can do to earn God's love. And this is a, an obvious thing to say, but it's very important for us to hear it. There is nothing, no matter how many good things I do, uh, even if I'm a deeply spiritual Christian and it's good to pray, it's important to pray, it's important to read the Word, it's important to do what's right. But no matter how much more I pray, no matter how much more I read the Word, it does not make God love me any more than He already does. Same with you. He loves you. He loves you. He loves you. That's it. Now, our response to that is, I want to serve him, I want to serve him, I want to serve him. Not so that he can love me more, but because he loves me so much. And that's faith. Faith is trusting in the work that Jesus accomplished for us when he was at the cross. He paid the full price. He has done everything that there is to do. He covered the cost. He paid the bill. I am so, so grateful for God's amazing grace. This church has a really good name, by the way. You do know that, don't you? Grace Church. It is all about God's love, God's power to forgive, and it's free. It's the most expensive free gift in the whole world. It's called God's grace. I was telling people in the first service, um, uh, I, I, I was in America, this, this was quite some time ago, and I was preaching at a conference over there, I think it was down in, in, in Texas, and we were on our way to the conference, and uh, it was a morning, so we decided to stop off for coffee, because 
as every Christian will know, you need large doses of the Holy Spirit and large doses of those caffeinated beverages. Anybody agree with this uh, today? Coffee is incredibly important for the Christian life. And uh, so anyway, uh, we stopped off for some coffee uh, into a Starbucks. It was a drive-through. My wife ordered one of these really complicated coffees with specific temperatures and specific ingredients and all that, like a message in tongues going on when she's ordering the coffee. And then they come to me and they say, what do you want? I said, can I have a cup of coffee, please? Just mix it nice and simple. And uh, anyway, so we order our coffee. The coffee arrives. I hand over my card to pay the bill. And the guy at the booth says, no, sir, I'm sorry, but I won't be accepting your card today. And I said, well, why not? Ah, well, he said, because the person who was in the car in front of you going through the drive-thru as a random act of kindness said, whatever they're having, I'm paying for it. Now, my first reaction was typically British. I was offended. Because <laughs> I can pay for my own coffee, thank you very much. <laughs> my second response was typically Irish. I wish I'd ordered more. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and... Uh, and we drove away, we drove away mesmerized. What an act of generosity. And then I thought, that's like God's grace. Grace has paid the bill. And there's not a thing you can do about it. The only thing that we can do is respond to it in, grace, in, in faith. That's it. Receive it. Accept it. I could reject it. I could have said, I don't want those coffees. Very, you know, thank you very much. Or I could accept them. It's the same with God's offer of forgiveness and healing and peace and, and, and a future and so on. That's what these people who just got baptized are making the public statement of. We, we just said yes to Jesus. That's essentially what this elaborate tank that we're all sitting around is all about. It's, it's celebrating two people who want to tell everybody, I said yes to Jesus because he's worth it. I've received God's grace. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is faith. That's the faith journey. It's believing that God's love has paid the bill. Now, here's the second observation that I want to make. And this is where it gets a little more challenging. Hold on to your seats, because now we're going to go a little challenging. Are you ready for this? Another thing that we need to know about faith that pleases God is that faith leaves the comfort zone. It leaves the comfort zone. So here's Matthew 16, 24. Again, scary verse. Some verses you read in the Bible give you great comfort. Some verses scare me. This is one of them. Matthew 16, 24. Jesus said to his disciples, whoever wants to be my disciple, disciple simply means follower, then you must deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow me. Now, I, I, I kind of find it interesting. When Jesus, the great evangelist, was standing up, you know, preaching in front of thousands. His appeal did not end with, if you want to come, you know, you want to come with a Hammond organ in the background, you know, if you want to come to Jesus today, come and I'll give you a big hug and we'll, we'll do this thing together. No, no, no. Jesus made it difficult. He made it difficult for people to follow him. He is so honest, so profoundly honest. Whoever wants to be my disciple, here's the deal. Then um, you've got to deny yourself. You've got to recognize it's not about what you can do and everything about what I have done. And then I want you to take up your cross. That's a statement. That's a statement that really disturbs me. I must be honest. Take up your cross. This implies, this implies that the life of faith does not exempt us from going through tough stuff. Right? Christians go, can I say, Christians poo happens. Can I say, can I say that? 
the Greek word for poo is pooey oso or something. I don't know. <laughs> Things happen sometimes in our Christian experience. And, and then what can happen is we can get angry at God and say, God, you promised me a, a, you know, a great life. No, 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 no. Matthew 16, 24. Whoever wants to be my disciple, here's the deal. You've got to deny yourself. You've got to trust me. You even got to take up your own cross sometimes. When life gets really tough, you got to keep going. And then you got to keep following me. That is faith. Faith is trusting. Now, here's the, here's, the, here's the good news. Here's the sort of the paradox. In the context even of the tough stuff, there's joy on the journey. That's, that's my experience, and I'm guessing that that will be the experience of many seasoned Christians here today. You're going through really tough stuff, and you pray about it. And then God gives you this peace. And then what happens? We, we get worried that we're not worried. Who's ever been worried that you're not worried? You know, Lord, I, please, I, I just need to give me peace in this storm. And God says, all right, then there's some peace. And then we get peace and we think, Lord, I don't like this. This is not right. This is it, you know. It's, the, it's called the peace of God that passes all understanding. And I think that that's what God wants us to experience even on this journey. He actually, in a weird way, wants us to enjoy the journey. There's a, I've just been reading through the book of Acts recently in my own readings, reading about the persecution. We think we have it tough. Not sure whether we had it quite the same as the Christians in the book of Acts. They were beaten and persecuted for preaching the gospel. And then I think it's Acts 4, Acts 5. They've just been beaten. They come out and the disciples... They were so happy that they'd just taken a beating for Jesus. That was the greatest beating I ever endured. Thank God for that. Uh, an Irish anointing, you know, came on them in that, uh, in that moment. Yeah, the thing is, that's the thing. God can even give us a joy in the midst of the tough stuff. That's faith. It's an adventure. Never, uh, never waste a good crisis. You've gone through some tough stuff. Don't waste it. Channel your faith. Let's believe that God can do something in this, even if it's not exactly what I originally wanted. Nevertheless, let's submit to the sovereign hand of Almighty God and believe for Him to work something in the midst of this. This is a good prayer to pray and, and get in, you know, enjoy the adventure of faith, even in the bumps. I was reading about the life of Christopher Columbus recently. And I think that, you know, Christopher Columbus is the man who discovered the Americas. Personally, I just think he liked boats. And I think that he liked boat rides. I honestly think that. Somebody summed up his life like this. This is the, the great man who discovered the Americas. Here's a summary of his life. Christopher Columbus, he left, but he didn't know where he was going. And then he got there, and he didn't know where he was. And then he returned, and he didn't know where he'd been. But he enjoyed the journey so much that he did the same journey about three times in seven years. And, and that's the thing about faith. Faith, if we talk about this, now this is where the rubber hits the road. Faith is a journey. It means that when we pass through the tough stuff, God can give us a grace to get through it. It means that God can even take what the enemy has meant for bad and turn it right around and use it for your, for your good. I hadn't intended to say this, but I'll tell you a quick story. I'm the worst, I, we're pioneering a church over in Loughborough. Thank God I'm not your pastor. I'm terrible at this whole pastoring thing. And a um, guy called me up one day and he said, uh, he said, uh, I'm distraught, I'm distraught. He said, I've lost my job. And I said, uh, I said, no, you haven't. And he said, yes, I have. And I said, no, you haven't. And he said, 
yes, I have. And I said, no, no, you haven't. And he said, well, what has happened then? What is this great wisdom I should submit to? I said, well, you're, you're just transitioning to a new season in your life, aren't you? Ah, he said, that's amazing. He said, well, he, said, he said, what does that mean? I said, it means you've lost your job, <laughs> right? It's just a different way of looking at it. That's the thing. God is the master of overturning negative odds. In a moment, he can do it. And he's wondering whether we would really believe that or not. And I think that there's a provocation. That's why I'm talking like this. I couldn't talk like this every week if I was, <laughs> if I was here. But I just, I just sense it. There's a provocation from the Holy Spirit to say, come on, I, I really want you to trust me. This is Matthew 16, 24. You want to be my disciple? Deny yourself. Take up your cross if necessary. Follow me. Keep following through every situation you go through. Okay, here's number three. Are you still with me? Faith that pleases God. This is faith that pleases God is faith that believes for the impossible. I think that this has got to be an aspect of faith. Believing for the impossible. Matthew 19, 26. Here's another great verse. The words of Jesus. With people... Jesus says, with man, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. This tells us something about Jesus, that he's looking for a faith that actually believes that this is true. And that has the audacity to believe it as well. Again, I would encourage you, those of you who are, who are Christians, to go and just do a little study of the Gospels. Just just do a little, read the Gospels in one sitting if, if you can. It is utterly crazy. It's crazy. I mean, sometimes we get the, the idea that Jesus was just walking around, you know, uh, with the halo on his head and all the disciples were following behind singing, shine, Jesus, shine, because that song was around then as well. And, you know, and, you know this is crazy. He, and one of the things that you really get the sense of in, in his ministry is that Jesus loved it when people had the, the, the sheer cheek to believe it. The four guys who had a paralytic friend and they brought him as close as they could get to Jesus, the house where Jesus is teaching is so packed that nobody else can get in. The guy on the bed is probably saying, okay, fellas, maybe we should just go now. We've tried. Let's go home. I've got some Netflix to watch, whatever. I, I, don't, want, I don't want to stay here any longer. And the, the friend said, no, 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 no. We will not stop until we get to Jesus. And folks, you need some crazy friends like that in your life. Right, fellas. And then somebody, some, the charismatic said, you know, we can't get in through the door, but there is a roof. There's always one, isn't there? There is a roof. And then the, the, the sensible one says, yeah, you know, it's not good to do that. And somebody else says, well, he should be insured. That's the legalist. He should be insured. So, so as Jesus is in this house teaching, beautiful, serene. I mean, imagine sitting, listening to the master teaching, and then suddenly debris falling through the roof and a paralytic man being lowered down to the left come on left fellas left right that's it he's with Jesus there you go do your job Jesus and Jesus you know the story he went on to he said what you know what's easier for me to say to this man your sins are forgiven or to say take up your mat and walk he did both in that moment and that's because he's got the power to do it but it is interesting to notice that there's a connection between faith and the work of God. And I think that that's what God is seeking to provoke 
today in our hearts. The, the sheer audacity to believe for the impossible. I wonder what it would look like in your life if you were to actually keep believing for God to do that thing that would seem to be impossible for Maybe some dream that God has put in your heart that maybe you've never even told anybody about going into business or, or maybe doing some great ministry exploit for God, and, and, and somehow you've just kind of dismissed it. It's not possible. Maybe it's time for some of us to resurrect that and to actually dare to believe for the impossible, to dare to believe that God will do something amazing. I've, I, I sit on the, the board of a church back in Ireland. The leadership of that church is, well, the guy who leads it is a, is a businessman, formed a, a bus company. Uh, in fact, it was his father who formed the company. And I sat and talked to his father, and I said, tell me, tell me about this, the success of your company. This, this company is called Wrightbus. They, they actually own the London route. They make the London route master buses and so on. I said, tell me, how, how did you get to that place of success? Oh, and his answer sh shook me. Uh, have you ever had an answer that just takes you by surprise? He said, the reason why our company has been blessed is because I made God the major shareholder. And I said, well, would you care to elaborate on that? Oh, yes, he said, uh, so uh, we submitted every decision to God, every decision. No matter how seemingly frivolous it was, we would say to God, what do you want us to do here? Um, and then when we made some profits in the early stages, we said, now, what is bread for us to eat and what is seed for us to sow? And guess what God said? It's seed. It's not bread to eat, it's seed. So, so, so they built churches, they supported missionaries, they supported projects around the world. And guess what? Their company is expanding in the most amazing way. And in the midst of their little acts of faith, God has just done the impossible. And that's what happens when we trust Jesus. And I want to encourage you today to dare to believe God. I want to stir your heart. I want to stir you to faith. Because listen, folks, we've got a city to reach with the gospel. Nottingham needs Jesus. Nottingham desperately needs Jesus. And I don't know if you've noticed it or not. If you look at the news at the moment, it ain't all good news. The world is not looking in good shape. I think that's probably the understatement of the century, isn't it? And if ever there was a day when God was longing for people to actually go a little further and trust his word, I think that day is today. Here's number four. I've got two more to go. Are you still with me? Here's number four is the kind of faith that pleases God is faith that has the courage to act. Now, here's uh, James 2.17. I love the epistle of James. Again, it would do you good when you go home today to give it a little read, the, the epistle of James. James is a real straight talker. I suspect that he was from Nottingham, and he just <laughs> told it like it was. I really like that. And uh, here's what James says. Uh, faith, look at that, by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. Or the, it's the King James translation that says that faith without works is dead. Now, just to clarify, when it talks about works there, it's not suggesting that our works can save us or our works earn God's love. That's not the point. The point is that if we say we trust Jesus, then that the demonstration of that is in the following. It's following him. It's actually believing his word. It's trusting him all the way. I've heard some... I've heard some... Uh, Unhelpful illustrations when it comes to faith. Uh, the idea, for example, of standing at, a, at the bus stop, waiting for the bus to come along. You get on the bus, takes you to your destination. Somebody says, well, that's like faith. It's not really, is it? Because that's more like mathematical probability. 
In other words, if it says it's going to take you to a certain place, it's going to take you to a certain place. Or the idea of, you, you know, you come into the auditorium uh, today and you took your seat and somebody says, well, that's an act of faith. You're trusting the seat. You know, well, again, that's it's not really faith, is it? It's more like mathematical probability. The chances are when you sit on that thing, it's it's not, it's, it's, it's not going to collapse. Maybe a better illustration would be something like this. If I were to bring Duncan out to the front, which I'm not going to do, and Duncan will be happy about that, and I were to blindfold Duncan, and I were to say, now, Duncan, I am going to lead you into Nottingham City Center, uh, and, uh, and I want you to follow me. If Duncan were to do that, that would make Duncan the greatest man of faith I've ever met in my whole life, because I have no idea where I'm going. But that would be a better illustration of faith. And then we go out, and we take our walk, and then I'll say to Duncan every now and then, Duncan, we're going to take a left now. Just keep following me. So my word, hopefully, will give him some faith. What's that verse that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the... So faith is an active thing. It's not a sitting around waiting thing. It's an active thing. It's a following thing. And as we follow, we listen to the master's voice, and God has this incredible way of just guiding us as to where we should go. This is faith, and God is looking for that kind of faith, I believe, from all of us today. Let's keep trusting him. Let's keep believing him. No matter what's happening, and listen, some of you are, some of you are walking through valleys of pain, in any room of this size, there will be people here today going through tough stuff. Uh, you got questions. I sat just last week and I talked to one of our students uh, in, in church who's a brilliant, quite a brilliant person, brilliant mind, brilliant brain, trying to work through all the issues, all the challenges of God and suffering and why would this happen and why would that happen? My standard answer is I, I, I don't know. I don't know the answers to those questions. And it would be foolish of me to try to somehow present easy, glib uh, answers to questions like that. Certainly not possible to even address them in a 30-minute slot on a Sunday morning. I think that's the, the point of faith is that we don't understand everything that happens, but we serve a God who knows what suffering is like, that's for sure. Jesus suffered on the cross. Even when he was on the cross, he cried out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? So if you ever find yourself asking God questions like why, you need to understand that Jesus knows what that's like. But faith is journeying through the valley, not staying in the valley, but going through it. Don't ever park up where God means for you to pass through. Psalm 23 it's a wonderful psalm. We love the first part of it. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in want. He leads me by green pastures, still waters. Now, I don't know about you, but I really like that part of Psalm 23. Anybody else? Green pastures. If you were to contemporize that, he leads me by the Bahamas, you know, where I wake up every morning you know, because I'm a millionaire and I don't have to work anymore and I go and I have my morning dip and then I, I, I mean, wonderful life, beautiful life. Psalm 23, green pastures, still waters, great. Next part, oh boy. He leads me by the valley of the shadow of death. If, if the first part's like the Bahamas, the second part's like the assault course, isn't it? 
And, and yet the, the, the irony is that the greatest provision that you'll ever experience, the greatest miracles you'll ever see, is actually not by green pastures and still waters, the place where we would like to be, but the greatest miracles will happen in the valley of the shadow of death. When I'm in, in the valley of the shadow of death and then my enemies, they're, they're enjoying this. They're loving this. They're loving watching my demise and they're loving this. And then, and then suddenly he provides a table before me. I'm prophesying over somebody's life today if you'll have an ear to hear. He provides a table before me. You're saying, God, get me out of here. God says, I'm going to give you a meal right here. Right here. As your enemies are watching, you watch my provision over your life. You watch my grace. And you're sitting there and the enemies are going, what's that all about? It's great. Are you with me? I'm using my imagination here. Are you? He provides a table before me in the presence of my enemies. But the only way you ever experience that is on the, is on the journey of faith. You got to keep going. You got to keep believing. Here's the final observation, and then we're going to bring this to an end, is that the kind of faith that pleases God is faith that dares to have hope. Is faith that dares to have hope. Here's a, a well-known verse, Hebrews 11. I cannot talk about faith and not mention this verse. This verse is the definition of faith. I even noticed that some dictionaries have this as their definition of faith. Look at that. Faith is confidence in what we hope for and an assurance about what we do not see. Confidence. It's filled with paradoxical language. Faith is being sure of what we hope for. It is, it is certain of what we do not see. How does that work? Answer, because that's how faith works. Faith does not mean that you have all the answers to every, every question you've ever had, but it trusts God's ultimate goodness in the midst of every seemingly bad situation. And I think that's, that's ultimately faith. I think that's ultimately the kind of faith that God is looking for. He, he, there's a sort of a, a thing with faith where, where God wants us to hold our nerve, to, to keep trusting him, to keep believing his word, to keep believing that he will do what he said he can do. And in a, if you are finding yourself in that place in your life, and I, I, I want to encourage you, you're finding yourself struggling with questions, with concerns, with things that you can't quite get your head around. Uh, uh, can I encourage you, hold your nerve. Just dare to hold your nerve. Keep showing up. I always say to my own church, and I'll say it here, that if you're going to have the worst day of your life, have it in church. Right? If you're going to be really miserable, come to church and be miserable. Sit amongst a bunch of people who've got some faith going on. It may annoy you for a few moments, but what you'll generally find is that it will provoke something, stir something, and you'll hear some stories about people's lives got changed, and you'll think, ah, okay. Somebody, it, people who've gone through their pain, but they still have that kind of faith. And then you sing some songs of worship, and it does something in your spirit, and then there's a sense of God meeting with, with us together. Never underestimate. I'm going off script, but I think it's important. Never underestimate the power of God's church being together. That's the whole point of, of Ephesians, the language of Ephesians, when he says that you are blessed with every spiritual blessing in Christ. He's not just talking about you as an individual, you. He's talking about you. You, as the body of God's people, are blessed with every spiritual blessing in Christ. We are the recipients of God's amazing grace. And that's what we've got to lean into. You've got to lean into exactly what this church calls itself. 
It's called grace. Lean into it. Lean in and trust it. It's by grace that we're saved through faith. Now, I know that what I've just said today will not be anything new for many of you, but I just sense this little nudge from the Holy Spirit that there are some people today just need to hear that again. Just need a little, need a little nudge to say, come on, keep showing up. Keep believing. Keep trusting God. Keep journeying through your valley. Maybe, maybe there are some folks today, you're here as a guest, you're here to see a friend being baptized, or you just happen to come in on this beautiful, warm Sunday morning. You thought, well, I'll give church a go. And I just have this real sense that you're here today because the Holy Spirit has drawn you here. He wants to speak into your life. Maybe there will be a response from your heart. Let's pray, shall we? You've listened wonderfully well. Would you close your eyes and we're going to pray together. So appreciate you listening on this unbelievably hot morning in church. You've done it. And more to the point, I've done it. That's great. (laughs) As our eyes are closed, listen, um, I wanted to be real with you. I wanted to be honest with you, but I wanted to really be true with you as well. True to what God's word says. True to you in terms of the kind of faith that uh, God is ultimately looking for. And as we're here in this beautiful sense of the presence of God, I'm going to do a couple of things. First is that I'm going to give an opportunity for those who are maybe, who, who believe that God exists or maybe you used to follow God and then something happened along the way, you stopped. It's not really what happens anymore. And maybe you just feel stirred in your heart. I want to, I want to follow Jesus today. Maybe this is your first time here. You've never really heard a message like this before, but you feel stirred in your heart and you're saying, you know what? A lot of things I don't quite get. A lot of things I don't quite understand, but I really want to make a decision that I'm going to follow Jesus today. Well, I'm going to pray for people in that category first. And then afterwards, I'm going to pray generally for those who find themselves struggling in their faith. I'm going to pray God's blessing on you. But first things first, some folks today, you've been listening to this message. You've not quite come to that place of faith yet in your life. Sure, you believe that God exists, and maybe every now and then you pray a little prayer or two, but today there's a word from heaven right into your heart that says, come a little further. If you'll have the courage to come a little further, then I would love to meet with you, and I'd love to pour in my grace, my forgiveness. Somebody says, man, I could do with God's forgiveness. I could really do with receiving God's forgiveness. I need it. Or maybe somebody's saying, I need God's peace. That peace that he's talking about. I could do with that today. I want to make my peace with God. I want to follow Jesus today, even though there's lots of things I don't quite get. Here's what's going to happen. If you find yourself resonating with what I've just said, in a moment I'm going to pray a prayer. And I'd love to include you in it. I'm not going to bring you out to the front. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'd just love to pray a prayer and include you in it. Simple prayer. A simple, simple prayer. It's the kind of prayer that I prayed when I first began to follow Jesus that says, I open my heart. I receive your love. I'm going to follow you. That's the gist of the prayer. And I'd love to be able to include you in it. And here's what's going to happen. I'm going to count to the number three. And when I get to three, those who are saying in your hearts, yeah, will you pray that prayer? Will you include me in it? Because my gosh, I could do with God's forgiveness today. I could do with making my peace with God today. 
because I really want to start following Jesus today. When I get to the number three, those who are saying, yes, that's exactly what's going on in my heart. Well, I'd like you to raise your hand up. Take it down. That's all I'm going to ask you to do. And then I'm going to pray. I'll make sure that you are included in this very simple prayer that I'm going to pray. Nothing difficult or complicated about it. Here we go. Are you ready? I'm going to count to three. You're saying, yeah, that's me. Well, as soon as I get to three, just raise your hand up and down. And then that'll be it. I'll pray and I'll make sure that you're included in it. Here we go. Ready? One, two, three. Raise your hand up in the air and take it down again. There's one and two and three and... I've seen a fourth person over there. If you haven't quite raised your hand, why don't you just do it quickly so that I can just... There's, yeah, I've seen your hand on there, but that's fantastic. Amazing. God bless you. There's a, a fifth person right down there. That's amazing. That is amazing. It takes so much courage to do that as well. Okay, now here's what's going to happen. I saw at least uh, five folks and possibly more than that. I'm going to pray. I'd love the congregation to pray this prayer. I'd love everybody to pray it, but this is especially for those at least five people who just raised their hands. I'd love you to pray this prayer. Mean it with all your heart. Congregation, say it to help those people who've just raised their hands. I'll say a line. I'll leave a space, and then I'd like you to repeat it. Mean it with all your heart. It's just to help you to really come to Jesus. Say these words. Everybody after me, especially those people who've just raised your hands, say these words. Thank you, Father for sending Jesus. Thank you that he died on the cross. That he rose from the dead. And that he did it all for me. Today I open the doors of my heart. I receive your love. I receive your forgiveness. And from this day on, I will follow you. In Jesus' name, amen. If you're one of those people, you can open your eyes. If you're one of those people who just raised your hands, I saw it five, and I think there possibly were more than that. At the end of the service, when everything is finished, we got, these guys are going to be standing right down uh, here um, at this side of the room. And what I'd love you to do, if you're one of those people who raised your hand, is just to make your way down there afterwards. Just say hello to those guys. They'd love to give you a little something just to acknowledge the decision that you have made uh, today. And most importantly of all, to pray that God's blessing will be upon you. I'm, I'm excited about that. Anybody else? Anybody else? Wonderful. Okay, one more thing. I got, I got uh, a minute. <laughs> That's why we're going to take some more time to do this tonight. But I've I got to pray for you. Will you all stand to your feet with me? Um, Felt in my heart to just talk along these lines over you as a church. Grace Church, uh, I do believe that God wants this church to grow from strength to strength. I'm convinced of that. And um, I do sense that I've come to you in a season where many people, and I've not deliberately not talked to people about the journey of, of Grace Church, but I just sense this very much before I came here today. There's a season for many of you of questions, <laughs> not so many answers, but plenty of questions. And I think that I'm speaking a word from God today to say, come on, keep trusting. Um, don't park up where God intended you to pass through the valley of the shadow of death. Even if it feels, by the way, the enemy would try to convince you that this is the valley of death. It's not. It's the valley of the shadow of death. 
which is God's way of telling you that that worst moment is not your final verdict. My word is the final verdict, not the enemy's word, my word. I prophesy hope over this church. I prophesy a rising of hope. I prophesy a rising of, and I'm going to say a word, and it's going to sound an awfully shallow word, but I'm going to say it anyway, a, a rising of holy optimism in this church. That in the midst even of pain, there will be an optimism. But like Jabez's prayer, just one degree made all the difference. Instead of praying in anger, in a a negative anger, he prayed in a positive anger. Instead of saying, God, you're terrible to me, he said, God, you better bless me. That's what Jabez prayed in the Old Testament. And I think that's what God wants many of us to begin to pray today. Enlarge our territory. Let your hand be with us and maybe not only be freed from harm, maybe bring your, your hope and your healing right across this great city of Nottingham and wherever else God should decide to send you in the future. Will you do something for me? And maybe this is a little bit different for some of you. If you don't feel comfortable, you don't have to do it. If you do, would you just raise your hands up in the, in the air just a little bit, just as a, as a statement of surrender to Jesus. Lord, we love you. Anybody agree with that? We love Jesus. That's why we do this. That's why we do this. Do you remember the day that you got saved? Do you remember that day? Do you remember that journey? It was all new to you and all fresh. Listen to me. You need to get that freshness back. You need to get the simplicity of faith back a little more, even if you've been through a lot of complicated stuff. Father, I pray your blessing on all of these people here today. I pray for those who are in need of healing, that your hand of sovereignty would come upon them now, and you would manifest your kingdom in our midst, that people will be completely healed. Right now, we don't have to necessarily lay hands on people because you're really good at just healing them when we can't even see what's happening. And we just love it when the Holy Spirit does what the Holy Spirit does. We love it when we let God be God. Let God arise. Let his enemies be scattered, says the scripture. Let, let the enemy of our souls understand today that we are the people of God and we are blessed with every spiritual. It's not that we, we, we might be blessed or we could be blessed, but we are already blessed. Grace Church Nottingham, no matter what you're going through, you are blessed with every spiritual blessing in Christ. This is the word of the Lord. And it's, begin, it's time to begin to, to take hold of that, to live in the reality of that, to, to appropriate that into your life. And that's the faith journey. I pray your blessing on every one of us, every family, every loved one. Thank you for these great people who have been baptized today. What a wonderful day in your presence. We give you all the praise, thanks, glory, honor. In Jesus' name I pray. Everybody says, Amen. thank you.